Amen. How y'all doing this morning? Y'all good? Come on, you can do better. How you doing? Hey, let's welcome everybody watching us online right now. Come on, give them a shout. I don't know where you are, but it's not as good as being here. If you believe it, say yes. Was worship not great? Was that awesome? Worship was so good. And uh, man, what a powerful time to, uh, to be together, to worship together, to, uh, to sing, to speak those words over you. Man, y'all look good this morning. Look at the person next to you and say, you look good. Yeah. That's why you don't ever sit by yourself. Look at the person on the other side of you and say, I look good. You got to speak that. Speak that. Yeah. So, uh, hey, Serve Day, July 14th, you just heard about it. Uh, this is brand new. Um, they just announced that we are going to be one of 800 churches that are serving across the nation and actually across the world on July 14th. Is that not unbelievable? 800 churches going to be reaching out to their city, their community. So I'm blessed. I'm pumped. I'm so excited. We've got six right now mission project teams that uh, six different organizations locally that we're partnering with this week. Uh, we've reached out to about 15. And so uh, next Sunday, we're going to be handing every single one of you a little sheet of paper that explains to you what the projects are, how you can get involved. There'll be projects all day long that day on July 14th. So if it was, if it was me, if I were you, I would go ahead and mark off a big chunk of that that time on that day so that you can step out, you can reach out to the community. If you work, man, try to take off a half a day. If you've got family, if you've got kids, man, try to take some time that day so that we can join these churches and we can make a difference here in our community. It's awesome that we're doing it all over the world, but man, I'm really passionate about doing it here in this community, here in this area. So there'll be local projects that we can do to just make an impact and a difference. So mark that down July 14th. You do not want to miss that. Well, uh, this morning, morning, I get the opportunity to kind of carry the, the baton a little bit as we are in this series called Summer of Love. And uh, if you've missed any of these weeks, man, I encourage you to, uh, to go online and to, to listen, to, uh, to hear them, take about 30 minutes of your day and catch up on these series. So Pastor Rodney shared an amazing Father's Day message last week. Uh, his father-in-law, Dr. Rod Masteller, the week before, just an incredible message. So I know with summertime, you can be in and out. But I encourage you, don't miss out just because you are in and out of what's going on here in the church and the messages and what God wants to speak in and through you. And so this morning, I kind of get to carry the torch a little bit, and I'm, I'm excited about that because, because the topic that, uh, that I'm going to share with you this morning is a topic that I'm really passionate about. It's a topic that, that I firmly believe in, and it's something that um, when Pastor Rodney asked me to share this topic a few weeks ago, it was something that I got excited about, and uh, whenever I get the opportunity to speak, I always like to... Um, to, to really to listen, to, to read, to, to kind of gather as much thoughts on the topic as possible. And it's amazing what God will do in me before I get up here and try to get what he's done in me to you. And so my prayer before I walked up on this platform this morning was that what God put on my head in my head, what God has put in my heart will come out of my lips. And so sometimes, you know, you can think it, you can believe it, but trying to get it out is a little different story. So I need your help this morning. So if you can help me say yes. So uh, we're going to have some fun. We're going to just be honest and just be real this morning. And um, if, if, if that's not what you like, I'm sorry, but that's what's going to happen because I've got the microphone and uh, you don't. And so it's going to be good this morning and I'm excited. I'm blessed. So uh, this morning I just I want to speak some things into you that has to do 
with what we actually speak. You're looking at me confused. So I want to speak into you what, what God can do in you when, well, let me put it this way. I believe if you're taking notes, your lives will be changed this morning. Right? I do. So I, I want everybody to stop staring. I want you to pull out a phone. I want you to pull out the app, a pen, something. We gave these pens on the seats. Because what I'm going to give you this morning is something that has changed me. And I believe if it can change me, it can change you. And so the first thing that I want you to write is, is I've, I've called this, this, this topic this morning, this, this message, if you will, the power of our confession. So if you've got your app, you can see it there. If you've, if you've got a pen, I want you to write that down. The power of our confession. I believe that one of the most powerful things that we can do, one of the most powerful things that we have is our confession, what we say. How many of you believe that, that what you say will ultimately be what you see? See, a lot of times in our lives, what I believe is I believe that, that, that what happens to us and in us is that the reason why we don't see what we want to see is because we don't say what we want to see. And I believe that, that wholeheartedly, that I believe that if you change your confession, it can change your life. If you change what you say, ultimately it will change what you see. But I believe too many times we, we, we walk around and, and we, we don't speak things the way that we should speak them. I believe that some of you are living a life right now because of what someone spoke over you or spoke into you. And maybe it's not the life that you desire, maybe it's not the outcome that you desire, but you're living that life because someone spoke that into you many, many years ago. And this morning, my challenge to you is to truly understand the power of the words that you say. Um, when, I was, uh, when I was in college, my best friend Tim... Um, and I decided to come to Orlando for a week. And uh, he had worked here the summer before, um, and so he had made some connections, and he was an intern at a local church across town, and um, he had made some connections and had a place to stay and had some friends. And so when he came back from working down here, from interning that summer, that year of school that we were together, um, he said, man, next summer we got to go to Orlando. You, we got to go. we got a free place to stay and, and all that stuff. And so I said, man, I'm in. Let's go. I love vacation. I love traveling. And so... Um, the following summer, the summer between my freshman and sophomore year in college, I, um, I got in my vehicle, my Jeep, I had, a, I had a black Jeep at the time, and Tim got with me, we put the top down, and uh, we took our shirts off because we wanted a suntan when we got to Orlando, I'm not going to lie, and uh, you, you don't want to, sorry, you can't unsee that, can you? So I apologize, I, I apologize for speaking that over you, um, but I'm just being real. So, uh, so we got in the Jeep, and we, we headed south, and uh, I'll never forget, we actually got to Orlando, and um, we went out, we were hanging out, and um, you know, we were just being, being good Christian college guys, let's be real. And um, so the following morning, we, we drove in on a Saturday night. The following morning was a Sunday morning. And uh, let me tell you something. I don't go to a church on vacation. You know what I'm saying? And he looked at me and he said, hey, psst, hey, hey, wake up. I said, what, man? He goes, dude, we got to go to church. I said, bro, we on vacation, dog. He said, man, we got to go to church. Well, how many of you know why I want to go to church? Because there was this girl, let me, let's be real, there was this girl that he had met the summer before and he found out she was going to be at church. Now here's the catch. Not only did we have to go to church, she didn't have no ride. So we had to get up early. 
to go across town to pick this girl up to go to church. So we went to church. Reluctantly, I was not spiritual that morning. So I'm sitting in church and trying to focus on, we'll call it Jesus, and uh, trying to focus on that. And all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I see this girl. And I said, what? Man, I said, they got good ones down here. I like down here. So, so uh, we do the meet and greet time. You know the meet and greet time? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're single, you got to take advantage of the meet and greet time. You know what I mean? So they got 30 seconds, man. I'm trying to find five rows up, six rows in, trying to get as close as I could. And I finally said, mm-hmm, I want to meet her. Well, I didn't get to meet her that day. But how many of you know persistence pays off? Can I say that? And so what happened was I found out where she worked. Mm-hmm. We call it stalking. <laughs> Let's be real. So I found out where she worked. And so she works at American Eagle. Listen, I'm from a little town in Virginia. When you say American Eagle, we got one. Y'all got three. Help a brother out. I didn't know her name. Well, I knew her name. I didn't know what American Eagle she worked at. I didn't know her schedule. And so I had to do a little Christian stalking. Let me tell you, I went to every American Eagle in this whole town. I'm sure they called the cops thinking I was casing the joint. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking, I'm looking. Finally, we make a couple phone calls, and I say, where she's going to be on Wednesday night? Guess where she's going to be at? Again. Again. I go to church twice on vacation. After church, I walk over to her. I say, let me tell you something. I said, I said it is it's so nice to meet you. I said, we're going to go out in a little bit, and I'd like for you to go. Well, well, years later, I found out she was already on a date. But she went with me anyway. <laughs> and so, uh, so we went out. We hung out three days. I mean, all day long, three days, all day long, me and my wife. We hung out three days. So my buddy and I, we go to leave. And so we're headed back to Virginia. So we get back in the Jeep. We were burnt, so we kept our shirts on. And uh, top was off, and so we take off. So we would drive 240 miles on a tank of gas. That's how far. And then we would switch. Well, my buddy Tim, it was his turn to drive first. So we drove, and I will never forget this as long as I live. We are where I-4 meets 95. How many of you been there? So my buddy gets on to 95, and as we're getting on 95, he looks at me and he says, yo, you ain't said nothing. What's going on? I said, I'm in love. He did that thing where he turns the wheel. My head hit the side of the thing, woke me up. I said, what? He said, you what? I said, I'm in love. Let me tell you something. In May, we celebrated 17 years of marriage. Tell me your confession can change your life. Same lady, same woman, same woman, 17 years. Let me tell you something. I believe that the words that we say are powerful. I believe that we confess things that will change our life. So what I want you to know this morning is that when you change what you say, you will change what you see. Some of us need to be more, 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 more aware of what comes out of our mouth. We need to be more aware of the things that we say so that ultimately we can go and we can see what we want to see. The reason why some of you are in the situation that you're in is because you're not saying the right things. And if you don't say the right things, you won't see the right things. You know that our entire spiritual journey, our entire spiritual life is based upon confession. Our entire spiritual journey, we follow a Savior, Jesus Christ, that was all about speaking things into existence. You know that he walked around this earth, he walked around and he began to look at people that were 
lame and he would speak healing upon them? Do you know that our Savior looked at a prostitute and when the, the world said condemn, he said forgive? Do you know that when the world was persecuting him, he said forgive? Do you know that Jesus would look at people that were crazy and he would speak life into them? He would speak peace into them. We serve a Savior that is all about the things that we say. So what I want to be is I want to be a man that says the things that I want to see so I can see God do them in me. You want to change what your life is like? Change what you say. Change what you say. But the problem that we get into is that the things that we say about ourselves have put us in the place that we're in. Some of you this morning, you got up and you looked in a mirror and what you saw and what you said you saw was negative. Some of you this morning, you literally looked into a mirror and you said, I don't like this about me and I don't like that about me. And I believe that your countenance when you walked in this building this morning reflects what you saw and what you said in that mirror this morning. And I believe wholeheartedly that the words that we say are powerful. What did you say about yourself today? Some of you, you're in the middle of a situation and, and, and it's one of the hardest things, it's one of the most difficult things you've ever been in. And you don't understand why you can stay in this situation over and over again. And maybe at the beginning of the situation, you didn't say much, you just kind of let it go. But now you get up in the morning and you say, you know what, this is how I'm gonna be. This is obviously my destiny. This pain is just something that I'm going to have to live with. This hurt is just something I got to live with. And this morning, I want to challenge you to change your confession, to change the words that you say. You know, Jesus lived in a world full of hate, and he spoke love and hate. I believe that we've got to start speaking more love in a world of hate. I believe we've got to start speaking love where other people speak hate. I believe that we've got to start speaking forgiveness where other people speak condemnation. I believe that we've got to start speaking things, but it starts in here. It starts with what you say about you. You can't speak things out there if you can't speak them in here. I want you to know that the words that God has said about you are more powerful than what any other person has said about you. So don't take what he's, I mean, don't take what he has actually, what, what he has said and say, well, that doesn't matter. Don't take what he has actually said and that doesn't care. Don't take what he, no, what, take what God has said and run with it. When God says that you are free in the book of John, let me tell you something, you are free. The Bible says, who the sun sets free is free indeed. You need to get up in the morning, you need to look in the mirror, and you need to claim freedom over your day. You know, the book of Deuteronomy says that he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. Some of you right now, you feel all alone. You feel all by yourself. You feel like everyone has forgotten you. You need to look in the mirror and you need to claim Deuteronomy and you need to say, God, I know you will never leave me and you know never forsake me. Psalms 23 says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. God, I know today you are with me wherever I go. But you gotta start claiming that. You've gotta start saying those things so you start seeing those things. I want you to take my word for it. I wanna look in the Bible at the book of James. 
The book of James, one of my favorite passages of all time. My actual life verse is found in James 4, verse 7. It says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Let's, let's be real. I chose it because it's kind of short, but it, but it matters. It's easy for me to remember, but it matters, and it's got power in it. And so I claim that verse on my life. I do, I claim James 4, 7, God, today I submit to you. God, I resist the devil. I verbally resist you, devil. You have no power in my life. You may leave now. Verbally say that. Don't just think it, verbally say that. But James chapter three, before there, it talks about the power of our words. And I wanna read this to you. If you can put it up here for me, James chapter three. If you've got your Bibles, man, I encourage you, underline, highlight, whatever in your Bible, your phone. But I wanna read it, and I chose the message translation. There's a lot of different translations you can choose. Pastor Rodney, we use a lot of different ones here. They all are in powerful wording. And so I chose the message translation because I love the way this says this. It says this. It says, don't be in any rush to become a teacher, my friends. Teaching is highly responsible work. It says teachers are held to the strictest standards and none of us is perfectly qualified. We get it wrong nearly every time we open our, what? Our mouths. Look at the power of that. Go, go, back, one, go back one slide for me. We get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouths. Listen, that's, that's something that we just, we, we have to understand. We're not gonna get it right all the time. Actually, it says we get it wrong nearly all the times, but look what it says after this, and I love this. Go to the next slide. It says, if you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you would have a perfect person in perfect control of life. Do you know the reason why we're not perfect? Because we can't control what we say. I think that's important incredibly powerful to think that you want to find a perfect person, find someone that is perfectly in control of what they say. That's why when I get up here and I say you need to speak things, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying you won't have trouble. I'm just saying that if you give it everything that you have, if you put your faith and your trust in God and you allow him to control you and you allow him to control your words, it's at that point that you begin to live the life that he's called you to live. I love this. It says a bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A horse, a massive stallion is controlled by a little bit. A ship, a massive ship, a massive ship, the biggest ship you can think of is controlled by a little rudder on the back of it that controls which way it goes. If you can control the rudder, you can control the ship. If you can control the tongue, you can control your life. The smallest thing on the biggest object has the most control. You ask any captain on any boat, if he loses the ability to steer, he is terrified. So we have to work constantly day in and day out on controlling the little thing called our tongue. The next slide, the next verse says, a word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. A word out of your mouth, somebody say your mouth a word out of your mouth. We're so concerned with what other people are saying about us, we've got to start being concerned with what we're saying, what's coming out of our mouth. I said it a moment ago, I'll say it again. What God's word says about you is more powerful than what any person will say about you. 
But for some reason, we allow what other people say about us to overtake and control instead of what God has said about us. Some of you, unfortunately, you've experienced so much hurt and so much pain in your life. There's somebody in this room this morning, and I promise you, somebody's looked at you and somebody has told you, somebody that you thought loved you, somebody that you thought cared about you, has looked at you and said, I wish you were never born. I want to tell you that the Word of God says He knew you before you were formed. You need to focus on the fact that he knew you. He created you. You are here on this earth to serve him and to love him and to love others. Don't let what somebody said about you control you. You know, the, I love this, this, this quote. Pastor said one time, he said, you know, a ship never sinks because of the water around it. A ship only sinks when the water around it gets in it and brings it down. Some of you are sinking this morning because you've allowed what other people around you have said about you to get in you and it's bringing you down. This morning, you need to do some serious inventory in your life and you need to ask yourself, what have people said about me? Okay, what does God say about me? We live in a biblically ignorant time. The reason you don't know what God has said about you is because you don't read your word. You don't read the Bible. So you wait until you Sunday morning before you get it. I tell you, it's amazing. The songs that we sing, the worship that we, that we have. Listen, I'm not a great singer. But I tell you what, when these words are sung, when I speak these words, that's not the first time I've ever heard them. When I say that God is love on the line, that he put love on the line, I don't get, oh, wow, he did? No, because throughout the week, I've been reading the word of God, and I've been allowing that to fill me. When I look at that song, and I read those lyrics, and I sing those lyrics, that God would leave the, leave the 99 to chase me, I proclaim that and speak that on my life. God, I thank you that there's not a mountain you wouldn't climb coming after me. God, I thank you that there's not a door you wouldn't break down. There's not a wall you wouldn't break down coming after me. God, I am worthy in this place this morning. God, you are more worthy. God, I give you my word. I give you my deed. I speak life. I speak love. I speak forgiveness. I speak hope. I speak peace this morning, God. The problem that we get is that's not what we say. For some of you this morning, when the worship was going, you're standing. I encourage you. You don't have to be the best singer in the world, but speak the words. Because you will see what you say. Oh, but, but, but it doesn't matter. A word out of my may see them of no, well, it doesn't matter. Let me tell you something. It does matter because when you speak the right things, you can accomplish nearly anything. I've got a little two-year-old boy. And uh, one of the things that I've done literally since we brought him home, even before we brought him home from the hospital, so I get the opportunity to put him to bed almost every night. I absolutely love that time. It's gotten a little more difficult as he's gotten older. Um, let's be real. So, uh, but I love that time. But from the time that I could hold him in my hands, hold him in my arms, at night when it was just the two of us, I would look into his eyes or his eyelids, preferably, and I would say, J.J., you are strong. 
I would say, JJ, you are courageous. I'd say you're brave. I'd look at him and I'd say, you are generous. You are loving. Now, does he know what I'm saying? No. But when he's older, after years of repetition of hearing, I'm brave, I'm strong, I'm generous, I'm courageous, I'm loving, I'm brave, I'm strong, I'm courageous, I'm generous, I'm loving. I look at JJ and I say, JJ, you're going to change the world. When he gets older, I want that to be what comes out of him. And whatever you put in is what's going to come out. The reason why many of you can't say the right thing is because you're not putting in the right thing. You've got to change what you absorb. If I put a sponge in water and pick up the sponge, when I squeeze it, it's going to be water. If I put it in vinegar, when I squeeze it, I ain't going to get water. But what you're soaking yourself in is coming out. The words you say can accomplish anything, but it also can destroy it. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless, wrong place word out of your mouth can do that. Go to the next one. It says, by our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony into chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke, and go up in smoke with it. Smoke right from the pit of hell. Let me tell you something this morning. I don't know what you've said today already. You can't get that back. What you said today to your spouse, you can't get back. What you said today to your kid, you can't get back. What you said today to your parents, you can't get back. What you said today, you can't get back. But I promise you this, moving forward, you can change what you say. Don't be so focused on what you said that it affects what you're going to say. But I tell you this as well. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. What we say in private will ultimately be our fuel for how we live in public. Let me say that again. What we say in private will ultimately be our fuel for how we live in public. The reason why you don't have any fuel in public is because of what you're saying in private. I want to tell you a story about a lady named Kendra. I have a friend named Miss Kendra. She works over at the Nike outlet. Uh, my wife and I, we, uh, we have some friends that work there that uh, give us the friends and family. And so a couple times a year, we go out there to the Nike outlet and this is probably about four years ago. My wife and I are shopping there at the Nike outlet, right by Festival Bay, Artigon, whatever they call it now. And we walk in and we get, you know, what we need. And we're standing in this long line of people. And uh, we finally get called and uh, we walk over. And so I'm just kind of standing there. And um, I, I put the stuff on the counter and I put my hand on the counter. And I always wear this WWGJD bracelet. And um, I, I, she looks at me and Miss Kendra, who I didn't know at the time, she looks at me and she says, I said, how you doing today? I said, I'm good. She puts her hand on the counter and says, you good? She said, you better be blessed. <laughs> Let me tell you something, the scariest thing happened to me. She looks me in the eye and she goes, what do you do? <laughs> I love it. If you appreciate this, my wife kind of goes, yeah, what do you do? I said, well, Miss Kendra, I said, uh, I'm a pastor. She goes, you a pastor? And you ain't blessed? She said, you better be blessed. I said, okay, I'm blessed. <laughs> Promise. She said, listen. She said, I'm blessed. You better be blessed. She said, if you want a blessing, you better be a blessing. She said, see all these people in line right here? She said, I'm going to be a blessing to every one of them. 
She owned me. Let me tell you something about Kendra. Kendra has stage four cancer at that time. She was dealing with cancer in four different parts of her body. What I couldn't tell is that on the other side of the counter, she was actually kneeling because she couldn't stand. She was kneeling on a stool. She had lost all of her hair and was wearing a wig. She literally had sores on her body that were covered up by clothing. And here this woman is looking at me and she's telling me how blessed she is. In the middle of her pain, she saw it as a platform to be blessed. Every time we go back to that Nike store, the very first thing we do when we walk in is we ask for Miss Kendra. This last time we went back, Miss Kendra was not there. And I said, where's Miss Kendra? And she says she's no longer able to work. But let me tell you something. Every time we walked in that store, Miss Kendra looked at us and she said, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Miss Kendra, how you doing? I'm blessed. I'm, I'm blessed. I'm fine. I'm blessed. What you say in private will be your fuel to live in public. Miss Kendra didn't just come into the Nike store and put that on. I guarantee you when she got up that morning, she said, I'm blessed. She said, I may be hurting, but I'm blessed. She said, it may not be what I want, but I'm blessed. She said, I can barely drive, but I'm blessed. She said, I can't even stand, but I'm blessed. She said, I got a bunch of people going to be buying stuff today that I'll never see again, but I'm going to make sure they know that I'm blessed. There's a story I want to share with you very briefly in the book of Acts. As we conclude our time, when I think of this man named Stephen in the book of Acts, I think of Miss Kendra. Because sometimes in the middle of our pain, in the middle of our heartache, in the middle of our trials, we can see that more than what we can see what God wants for us. And even though Kendra was hurting, she saw what she could do as a blessing. And, and I love this in the book of Acts. This is the story of Stephen. It says, now Stephen was a man full of God's grace and power. Is that not cool right there? I mean, I would love somebody to say, now Chad was a man full of God's grace and God's power. Stephen was a man full of God's grace and his power. He performed great wonders and signs among the people. I'll go to the next one. It says, opposition arose, however. How many of you know opposition is going to come? When you're doing what God wants you to do, when you're saying things God wants you to say, when you're trying to live the way God wants you to live, opposition is going to come. It arose from members of the synagogue of the freedmen. What does that mean? It just means from a church. A church was starting to hate on Stephen. They were starting to hate on Stephen. They began to argue with Stephen. Go to the next one for me. But they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. When Stephen was speaking, they couldn't stand up against him. Sometimes what you say, your confession will confound your critics but they won't be able to stand against it. And as Stephen continued to spoke, they secretly persuaded some of the men to say, we have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words about Moses and against God. That's not true. Sometimes people will say things about you that aren't true, but this is Stephen's mentality, Stephen's attitude. Go to the next one. It says this, but the members of the Sanhedrin heard this. They were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. What has happened is Stephen has gotten up in the middle of all this and he has delivered one of the greatest sermons ever. The whole book of chapter seven, you gotta go home and read it. And he's at the end of this and as he stands up there at the right hand of God, that's what he sees. He says, Jesus at the right hand of God, go to the next one. And as these men, he says, look, he said, I see heaven open and the son of man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears. These people that were, that were rising up against him, they covered their ears, yelling at the top of their voices. They all rushed him. So the people that had come against Stephen, 
they, they, they stopped listening to what he was saying. And they ran at him. They dragged him out in the city and they began to stone him, not with gravel, but with stones. And this last part says, meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And look at this last one. And this is the, the powerful one here. It says, then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sign against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. What does that story teach you? The story says no matter what circumstance you are going through, speak forgiveness, speak love. What our world needs more right now is love than anything. We live in a world full of so much hate. We live in a world full of so much bitterness. We live in a world full of so much rage. What, rage, what we need now more than anything is love. In the midst of your situation, cry out to God for love. In the midst of your situation, cry out to God for forgiveness. Speak what you want to see. Speak what you want to see. Two things I want you to write down and then I'm done. Two things very quickly. Two confessions that I believe we all can have. Two things that we should speak into existence every day. The first one is this. I will come out of my shell because I have a story to tell. Some of you, you're thinking, well, if, if I was just a little bit more outgoing, if I was just a little bit more, you know, I, I would do it. No, no, I, I challenge you every morning, you need to look in the mirror and you need to say, I will come out of my shell, God, today, because I have a story to tell. What is the story? The story is life. The story is the fact that you love me so much, you put it all on the line. The story is that you would leave 99 to come after me. The story is that you would climb any mountain to chase me. God, that you would bust down any wall to find me. God, I have a story to tell. Some of you right now, you're sitting on your hands, you're sitting on your lips, and you're not, you're not allowing God to use the story that you have to change someone's life. And you need to come out of your shell. You need to cast away the temptations of, of I'm too scared, or that's not for me, or I don't have a platform. Let me tell you something, your pain can be your platform. Your trial can be your testimony. I mean, that's what you have. Come out of that shell because you have a story to tell. I'm so thankful that Kendra that morning at the Nike outlet, she came out of her shell because she sure had a story to tell. And then the last thing, and I'll pray and we'll be done, is this. I will declare it is well. Some of you, you need to get up every morning and you look in the mirror and you need to say, God, it is well. God, it is well. It is well with my soul. You need to claim Deuteronomy where he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You need to claim Psalms where he says, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me, God. You need to claim John where he says, God, I am free. Today I will live free. The problem is, as Pastor Rodney says, a lot of times many of you are fighting for victory instead of from victory. And you need to, be, you need to understand that you have victory. When you have a relationship with Christ, you are victorious. You need to live victorious. You need to claim victory. You need to say, I have it. I'm going to walk like it. I'm going to speak like it. And people are going to know that I am blessed. It is well with my soul. It not, might not be well with my finances, but it is well with my soul. It might not be well with my circumstances, but it is well with my soul. It might not be well with my relationships, but it is well with my soul because I have a story to tell. Amen. If you believe that, say yes. Would you pray with me?